From Facebook to Apple, the feud between the news industry and big tech is at a crossroads. On today's show, Josh Sternberg of the Media Nut Newsletter joins the show to discuss. The Coffee Break starts right now. Josh, thanks so much for joining. So you recently started a Substack newsletter. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I, like about 40,000 other journalists, have been laid off over the last several months. Um, So after I was laid off, I took about a week to gather my thoughts. And then uh, I started to put those thoughts to the proverbial paper. Um, So I started a newsletter that looks at the media business uh, with a 20 year career uh, spanning academia, public relations, journalism, newsrooms, branded content. I have a, if not unique, different point of view of the media business. So I figured let's vomit out some words onto a page and see what happens. And here we are, uh, 10 plus weeks later, 51 issues later, and still moving. Now tell me kind of about the success you've had with the newsletter. Tell me, tell me about that. Because, uh, you know, Substack, I have my own Substack newsletter um, called American Context. Uh, it's a growing platform. So I mean, uh, what, how, what, what success have you seen, you know, kind of using um, and operating with that platform? So the idea really behind the newsletter was to get people who are interested in media in media to have, if not open, at least honest conversations with themselves. When you look at media coverage, a lot of the times the the people that are being quoted are senior level people. where a lot of the decisions that actually happen, while yes, the, the SVPs or the CMOs are the ones that ultimately have to make that call, the, the planning and the negotiations and the navigation of the industry happens at lower levels. So I thought, well, let's have this discussion. Let me start it with the newsletter and see what happens. And Based off of uh, you know feedback that I hear, now obviously I take a lot of that feedback with a grain of salt because people like to blow smoke up you know where the sun don't shine. Um, I am I am hearing that conversations are happening, and that to me is is great. Um, so I, I view that as a success. I mean subscribers, I think I'm I'm a little over twenty six hundred over you know the last ten weeks, which I think is phenomenal. Um, I mean, I don't have any benchmarks against other newsletters. I don't know. Um, you know, I know obviously other media reporters have much larger newsletters, you know, built into their news organization. You know, I'm just one idiot doing a newsletter on his couch in the mornings. So one of the big stories right now, well, there's, you know, a couple of really big stories going on in media. Um, one is 
um, that all these advertisers are pulling out of Facebook because of, uh, you know, the, the company, Mark Zuckerberg's kind of reluctance towards addressing hateful speech a lot from the president of the United States on his platform. Uh, you know, Twitter took some action recently, which, you know, in my view was not enough and it took them way too long to get there. Um, but as advertisers pull out, uh, what do you think the next step one for first, what's the next step for Facebook? So, you know, look, when all is said and done, this boycott is, it, it doesn't really impact Facebook, at least not economically. It doesn't matter. You know, they've, they've got 8 million advertisers. If 750 of them pull spend, it's a, a, a rounding error of a rounding error. You know, he even said in a town hall that, look, my guess is that all these advertisers will be back on the platform soon enough. You know, he views this as a reputational, not an economic issue. So as far as, you know, next steps for Facebook, they're going to do the, the PR dance. They're, they're going to put out their, um, their, their, their study on, 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 I think they're putting it, they put it out on Tuesday. Um, you know, they're, they're meeting with the Stop Hate for Profit organizers earlier this week. Um, you know, they're going to say a lot of things. They might even do a lot of things. Um, but the challenge that's inherent with Facebook is it's big. It's 2.7 billion users. And the systems and the architecture that Facebook has built are not going to be able to change at a moment's notice. They can implement policies on hate speech, but how do you moderate it? How do you check it? They, they say that they get what, like 89 or 90% of it. So I don't, I don't know what next steps could be. I don't know how Facebook, you know, ultimately tackles this issue in part because a lot of this issue is not just Facebook, it's people. So, you know, there, there are a lot of complexities here. Well, one of the things that they often fall back on is to say that they're not a publisher, right? Where, you know, the fact of the matter is I saw them do, Mark Zuckerberg and Cheryl Sandberg respectively do live stream interviews in the style of cable news with like Dr. Dr. Anthony Fauci. You know, they have their, uh, they have, you know, a lot of examples, just like how they do um, coverage of a, you know, uh, an, an event um, of a, you know, severe weather event, a warning, a big thing like that. They're like, hey, there's a big flood, like they'll, they'll do those emergency alerts. But that's, you know, something that news organizations do. That's like an editorial thing. Like if a news organization were to give faulty information, they would be held accountable for that. Whereas Facebook, really not so much. How can there be a change for, you know, Facebook and other like-minded organizations, Twitter, for example, uh, how, how, how can we, whether that's a regulatory body or the general public, um, 
you know, hold them accountable for this? Is there, is there a way to actually do that? We've seen, you know, continued pushes for that, but no significant traction. Yeah. And I think, you know, your, your, your point is, is valid and it's, you know, it's a conversation that we have frequently. Facebook, no matter when they say they are not a media company, they are, uh, all the platforms are. When you make your money through advertising, you are a media company. And Facebook and the platforms at large need to be viewed as such through regulatory bodies. So TV networks have standards and practices divisions that make sure that um, certain types of, especially advertising content doesn't fall out of those rules. So where it's editorially fine for a reporter to talk to a person, whether it's a high level person like a president or a low level person like me, um, asking me questions or asking the president questions and the response could be inflammatory, it could be racist, misogynistic, it could be just, just bad. Th that's acceptable. What's not acceptable is when you put money behind it to push those messages and that's where standards and practices inside of TV networks exist. And platforms don't have that. Platforms aren't viewed as media companies, so they they don't have those guardrails in place. And I think one way to kind of stem a lot of this is to start treating these platforms not as tech companies, but as media companies. Put all of the provisions that are, that govern newspapers, magazines, and television networks into the platforms. So let's so, let let's talk a little bit about those advertisers that have have pulled out of Facebook either temporarily or permanently. Um, you know, it, it, in a lot of ways, it's a, just a PR move. Uh, but you know, as as you've you said, you personally experienced, and um, news organizations are laying people off, and. You know that's that's been happening for for years now, but it's really been exacerbated by the the pandemic. Uh, one, do you think where do you where do you think that advert those advertising dollars should go? I mean, I personally think they should go towards you know existing news organizations, um, give them the financial security to hire back you know some of the some of the writers or producers or etc. that they laid off. Um, but what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, it'd be it'd be a nice world if advertisers took their money and you know siphoned it from Facebook and Google to news organizations. The challenges are that the ad tech mechanisms of Facebook and Google work significantly better than the advertising mechanisms of local organizations. Um, you also get scale that you don't get with local organizations. Um, and it's just, it's just easier. But also keep in mind that 
you know, those, the dollars flowing to Facebook and Google, they are just the most recent iteration of a decades long separation between advertisers and media. Advertisers have been shifting budgets for, for decades. Um, and as the media world continues to change, these advertisers are just going to go where people are going. And, and if that means Facebook, that means Facebook. It doesn't mean, unfortunately, your, your local outlet. So the, the, the local outlets are supported by the local businesses and the local businesses are finding that it's a lot easier and cheaper for them to advertise on Facebook. Coca-Cola, McDonald's, these multi-billion dollar companies that spend a ton of money each year, they're spending it everywhere, right? Chase, JP Morgan Chase, for example, has a $5 billion advertising and marketing budget. So that includes everything from in-store marketing, but also to sponsorships of sporting events, but also as well as news organizations. Companies that spend on marketing and advertising are looking at where the people are going, not necessarily the platform, not the, the well, well, social platforms, but the it, yeah. It is absolutely um, true that. You know, it is absolutely true that these companies will go to uh, organizations that obviously have more traffic and unfortunately local media just doesn't have that. At the same time, you know, here in New York, for example, where a lot of national media is, we've seen significant layoffs everywhere from, you know, CBS News um, down to like, you know, smaller publications. Uh, who've laid off maybe one or two writers, for example, of the six writers that they have. Um, in turn, CNN, for example, had one of their best quarter uh, viewerships in their history. Um, you know, we've seen uh, other organizations have comparable metrics up in the last couple of years, for example, the New York Times digital subscriptions have really skyrocketed. Um, there is the traffic there. So what needs to be, what more do these news organizations need to do um, to sway these advertisers to spend those advertising dollars that they would spend on Facebook to the dot-com of CNN, the dot-com of The Economist, you know, et cetera? Well, well it's, a, it's not a... a an apples to apples comparison, right? Just because you have a lot of traffic doesn't mean that you're getting higher CPMs. The, the CPMs of how digital advertising is bought and sold, those prices have plummeted over the last 20 years because of advertising technologies. So when uh, it's highest trafficked month, um, and you know, it's, they're not able to turn those viewers into a direct one-to-one -one advertising relationship where Coca-Cola is now spending more money because Coca-Cola is spending money through programmatic channels that you're able to get that inventory 
significantly cheaper rate to go through a sale organization. So the model has changed. So just because you have more eyeballs doesn't mean that you're able to make more money from that. Um, the more eyeballs means that you have potential to turn particular units, whether it's a display ad or custom content or whatnot, into uh, a converted traffic number. But it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it, you're you're going to be able to get that that money back. In the days where there were three networks and advertising was sold through handshakes and martinis at lunch, you were able to, to, to have that. The, the, the scale of, of the company as well as the supply and demand. On the internet, there's infinite supply. So you take that with the depressed C CPM that's been engendered by uh, ad tech, mix it with advertisers pulling ad spend because of the pandemic, um, as well as 20 years of continuing aftershocks of the digital earthquake, you kind of get to where we are now, where the media model is pretty messy. Well, well so, so what can news organizations and regu regulatory bodies do further to protect news organizations here? I personally can say I've worked on projects, um, you know, that, that for news organizations that largely got funding uh, because it was a social uh, project and it was connected to, you know, funding from Facebook. Uh, and then the news organization that these, you know, specific projects were, you know, commissioned by as soon as Facebook cut the budget, um, you know, people, the budgets for a separate organization lost their money and in turn they let people off. And we have continued time after time um, to see that. How is that going to change? So that's where we start to see different revenue streams come in through media. So when, you know, in the early to mid part of last decade, as companies started to pivot to video, because that was going to be the saving grace because publishers were seeing extraordinary growth there, both in terms of eyeballs and in, in revenue. But the, 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 the secret was that it was actually more of a the, the Facebook video, because that's where people, that's where publishers would dump their videos and get these views and sell those views, but then it turns out that Facebook was not completely honest with those uh, measurements. So what happened was companies started to get clobbered. You would see companies like Mike.com, uh, Upworthy, folks that were reliant on the Facebook algorithm as well as the Facebook eyeball, they lost their businesses. So media started to look at other revenue streams and the big one that seemed to really hit for a lot of companies, both B2B and B2C media companies were events, put on these big ticketed events that brought in high value audiences, high value sponsorships, high value conversations on stage and make a lot of money. And that was starting to become a pretty 
established model for every media company. And then the pandemic hit that forced everyone inside their own homes. And that pivot to events now has become the virtual thing where you're not able to get that same revenue. Um, coming up with different ways of making money for media is incredibly hard. So the New York Times is able to sustain itself in part because they've been able to grow their digital subscription business as their advertising business flounders, but there are a lot of potential harm in that. When you have a subscriber base, you are beholden to that, which means you have to create stories and have coverage in a particular way that engenders the subscriber to say, I like this, I'm going to continue giving my money to this. Once you start to run afoul of that, then you start to see people canceling their subscriptions. That was one of the saving graces of having advertising because then you're beholden to the advertiser and there are a seemingly infinite amount of advertisers. But trying to find different ways of making money for media is really hard. And you're seeing companies now try to figure that out, whether it's through virtual events or advertising or subscription. Uh, you're starting to see company, media companies lean into their IP. So a reporter writes a story and then you know, you look at Vox, now they're trying to take some of those stories and turn them into Netflix shows or Netflix type shows. Uh, obviously, I don't have the answer to that because if I did, I would not be sitting on my couch writing a newsletter every day. I'd be a multi-billion dollar media owner. Um, and that I am not. Um, but there are opportunities for media companies to build their audience, grow their audience, and figure out ways to make money to continue to create content. So you mentioned the New York Times. So let's talk about the New York Times. Uh, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, they announced that they're pulling out of Apple News. Uh, what do you make of that move? Um, I mean, it was, it was, I think it was coming, right? Uh, Apple News has not been very successful for media companies, um, especially when you have to pay a 30% VIG uh, to have Apple, you know, to, to spend it on, on Apple News. Uh, I feel like some of these platforms, the ideas of um, distributed media where whether it's Facebook instant articles, Apple News or Google AMP, uh, it's really to keep the publishers within those ecosystems because that's, you know, the, the promise of these platforms is that they have this scale that media publications don't. Um, but there's, you know, an attention baked into that because, you know, who, who's gonna sell it? Uh, NBC, for example, sells Apple News inventory. So there's a lot of, um, you know, the, the, whether it's sleeping with the enemy or the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever cliche that you're gonna use. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for media companies because you're giving up the thing that you do better than anyone else, which is create journalism to a company who 
typically doesn't care about journalism, they look at it very differently. Um, so I think it was just a matter of time, uh, no pun intended, and the New York Times has the ability to say, you know what, Apple, we don't need you as much as you need us for this. Um, it will be interesting to see if any of the other publishers follow suit. Uh, so you're, you're, that is something we're gonna have to wait and see if other, other publishers do follow suit. Uh, so you have a media newsletter as we discussed earlier. Where can people find that? Yeah, you can find it at uh, medianut.substack.com. Um, you know, take a look, kick tires a little bit, and if you like what you see, sign up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Sternberg. Um, yeah, what else? Josh Sternberg, <laughs> thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. And that's all for this episode of The Coffee Break. Until next time, I'm Eddie Hirschfeld in New York.